We're going to talk about the Lord's Supper today. Is it the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Snack? We talk about the church, family, theology, and even entertainment. In fact, if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Show. Uh, I'll try to get my wife to put her headphones on. <laughs> she just realized that we're recording now. Right, yeah. right, right, right. We didn't even do a sound check. So I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't do a sound check. That's what I was saying. You got to put your headphones on. We're on. Uh, anyway, I am Mike Charleston, and uh, we've got a full cast with us today. We've got uh, Larry and Chuck over here. Hey, hello. And we got Sarah over here. Well, ain't she the smart one? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this show, we are, uh, we never really give a description of our show. And uh, I don't know if we're having an intro or not. I'm kind of tired of doing the intros. But oh, uh, I yeah. mess up like 15 times doing uh, an intro. But that's, that's the, the best part. part. Yeah, it, it is. We enjoy the blooper reel. But if you want an intro, here it is. <laughs> you know, if you ever wondered to know about the Lord's Supper, we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper today. And is it the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Snack? That well, is, that's yeah, a good I think question. it's more of a snack. So, well, today it is, but mm. we're going to give the history and we're going to talk about where it came from. I guess that's the same thing. So, we're going <laughs> to yeah, we're going to talk about the history of it and where we are today and what it should look like according to the scriptures. And uh, so, anyway, our, this show, you know, we haven't really talked about what we what we are, but we are a show that helps encourage families specifically. Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen, heard, listened to the intro, uh, we talk about the church, family, and we, we want to encourage the church body. And we want to encourage families and marriages specifically. So that is what we're kind of about. And we try to do it in a fun way at times. Yeah. yeah. And um, take these things very, very seriously. And today is one of those very serious ones, I believe. And that is the Lord's Supper. And and I know we can make it so serious to where you have like the Catholics who make it um, so super spiritual where it becomes the, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that. Later, I was gonna so, say, yeah, I think you're jumping, jumping way, way ahead. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I, I we were just talking about this before we got started, and the um, you know, growing up, taking the Lord's Supper was a very scary thing. Uh, yeah, and yeah. a lot of people were like, yeah, man, it was very solemn and kind of like, man, what if I'm not living right? Is God gonna kill me? You know? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Is that how you felt? Yeah, I was like, am, am I gonna get sick? Yeah. Oh what about you, Chuck? Were you kind of? I, I never was scared. Okay. Hey, I'm trying to understand the. I'm not saying like a twenty-year-old, but like as a younger person, you're like, "Ooh, we're about to take communion." Did you? No, uh, Do you ever feel that. like? Um, I don't remember that feeling. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Or, or feel like you shouldn't take it? Oh yeah. Well, How about that? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I, th- I would say so. There okay. were times I probably felt like. I'm trying to remember if I actually didn't at times. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the right place, so yeah. I'm not going to take it. What about you, babe? Were you afraid of it? I wasn't afraid, but it was a very serious moment. Oh, yeah. I remember trying to think back through my week or month or however long it had been since Mm. the last time and tried to see if I felt like I was ready. If not, I was confessing a whole lot. Yeah, (laughs) I hear you. Okay, God. Well, later in the show, I got a story about my dog, Jackson, and uh, what he thinks about the show. But (laughs) so anyway, but so let's just get into it here. We we are going to be talking about, let's see here. I got to move this stuff around here. Uh, Okay. I want to know what you think here. Okay, so we have some questions here. Like, what is the Lord's Supper? How should it be done? What is the meaning and purpose? How often should we do this? So that's kind of the questions we're going to be talking about here. So let's just start off what it is. So the Lord's Supper, 
uh, breaking of bread, Eucharist, sacraments, ordinances, whatever you want to call this, right? I know the the Eucharist, people are afraid to call it the Eucharist because it has Catholic connotations. To be fair, I think it's just the, the Greek word there is uh, you you maybe I shouldn't say Eucharisto or right. something. Yeah, something like that. Something that's, like that's, what that. the, that's where it comes I from. I looked it up. It said it means Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's huh. the one source I said. It was Greek. Huh. It's, you, it's all Greek. Eucharista or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It sounds it's like all a, Greek to me. Uh, a little cafe. Yeah. Eucharista. Yeah. It does sound Catholic though. So I feel uh, yeah, it like does, yeah. I don't want to call it that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the Catholics really do a good number on this, Lord. So they have one. I'm not sure if they have it every, every mass. Yeah, every mass. Every, every mass. mass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they do wow. a mass every day. Yeah. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to talk about frequency later. But uh, Lord, it's, it's called by many things, and the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, love feast. You know, we, we've heard love feasts and things like that. Um, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't love either. No, really, no. must no. be charismatic thing. Yeah, yeah it's it in Jude. Be. What's that? It's in Jude. Really? Yeah, yeah we'll cover that shortly. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we will oh. get there. It doesn't actually so they just say love feast. They didn't read the oh. notes. <laughs> it, it doesn't actually say love feast. <laughs> oh, so. okay. It doesn't say love feast. It says not in the King James Bible. Oh, so I grew up calling it love feast, but that's because of other versions. Right. Well, we'll get to that, I guess. Okay. So let's see. It is, uh, what is the Lord's Supper? It's a pattern. Uh, so there, there, we looked up, there's four different ways of looking at the Lord's Supper, right? I forget I think what, that's what you said. Right. I stopped <laughs> at the fourth one, so I didn't even write that down. But it was basically like the Catholic's view with the transubstantiation and the, the Lutheran's view, which is the consubstantiation or something like that. Yeah. Con, and then ours, which is more what we believe is more, it's a, it's a symbolism. symbol. Symbolism. You know? yeah. And I forget what the fourth one was. You could look it up. Uh, yeah. What was the Lutheran one? Consubstantiation. Yeah, that means it's like the bread and the wine don't actually become the body and blood of Jesus, but everything surrounding that is like very. The it's very mystical. There. And yeah. it's, it's a hard way of describing because it sounds just like the Catholic version, honestly. Except yeah. that Without, it doesn't actually become. Right. They don't say it becomes, but the, there's something in those symbols there that mean more than just symbols. It actually can cleanse you in some way or something like it has some power. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit more, but uh, yeah. That's the, the Lutheran version, and the Catholic version is a constant, uh, uh, transubstantiation yeah. where it it becomes the body and blood, right. and you're basically yeah. sacrificing Jesus all over again every single day. And which I don't think anybody listen really is is in that camp, but um, but we're more in the symbolic where it is a symbol and it is very important. You know, I'm not saying that it's not important. And uh, it's a very, 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 very important. So it is a pattern following the, the Last Supper before Jesus' crucifixion. So, right. you know, Jesus uh, going to his crucifixion, he had a meal before he was going, right? Right. This is his Last Supper, hence the name, name Last, Last Supper, Supper, right? <laughs> and, uh, um, and this is where he broke the bread and the wine and said, this is my body and this is the blood, and, um, and eat, you know, and drink. And, and then he went to the, the, the cross. And so that, this is where he instituted it, right? But it even goes back even a little bit before this. And this is where the controversy comes from, which I didn't even really pay attention to uh, because I, I, I should have been aware of this. But, okay, so it, it even goes back further to the Passover, where the Passover symbolism of the Passover is that the it was a celebration right. of yeah. the Israelites coming out of slavery right. from the yeah. Egyptians and, um, and God bringing them out. And once he brought, well, actually, before he brought them out, 
he had them put the sacrifice the lamb and then put the the blood on the doorpost. That's right. And then the death angel came and looked over and passed over, over them, right. and uh, killed the firstborn of every Egyptian or Jew that didn't obey. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. And yeah. I guess any Egyptian that went along with this, they would have been were, sa- yeah probably spared too. But we don't have any evidence that happened. No. But it was just hey, the death angel was looking for the blood. And uh, so that's where that got instituted, where, and they were to dress like they were ready to leave. Right. Yeah. And there's yeah. a whole bunch of rituals. It's very fascinating, actually. I know we just did an episode on Hebrew roots and all that, but it is, you know what? I'm not against studying Judaism. No. Because no, it no, is no. where a lot of our beliefs come from. Well, and also that later, that became the, the beginning of, ye- of the year for them. Right. That was their, the institute of their. So not only was it a new beginning for them leaving Egypt, yep. symbolizing. But it was also future that, beginning. yeah, and that right. they were resting in the blood, yeah, in a sense, yeah. right? That's so many symbolism. Yeah, there's so it, many. It's, and... it's a wonderful <clears throat> picture. Chuck's actually done a Passover and yeah. um, a Passover meal, uh, not because he's Jewish or anything, but you know, it, it, there's a lot of symbolism there. Yeah, yeah it is. It, I mean, it's. I'm like you. I don't mind at all studying Judaism and looking right. at where, it, um, you know, we did the show on Hebrew roots. But the idea of actually looking at the Passover and 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 seeing the um, the methodology and what they're actually told to do in the Passover, and you you actually can learn a lot, right? Yeah. Um, from from what's in there and, and the symbolism and you know it was it was instituted for them whenever they did it to help them remember absolutely yeah. so they don't forget what God did for them. So and that's the key. same way. Yeah. That is key. I, right. Funny story about that. My brother years ago was part of a uh, Mishka church. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were supposed <laughs> to be Jewish Christians, whatever, and they they were going to do a Passover meal, and so I asked him. I said, oh, "Are they going to cook a lamb for everybody?" He goes, lamb, they're not having lamb. I'm like, well, how can you have Passover without lamb? What are you having? Not a pig. Yeah. No, chicken. Ah, chicken. The other white meat. Wow. Because <laughs> so, it was cheaper. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Wow. Uh, speaking of lamb, on my way down Hooper, I, yeah. I passed this house, and there's a bunch of sheep oh, in yeah. the front yard. Yeah. You've yeah. never seen that before? No. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, and I guess I get there too early. And I thought it was funny, yeah, because it's like in the city, but they have a whole, I, look yeah. like, Six, six or seven or eight, yeah. or it's kind of funny. But anyway, so, anyway, the so here's the controversy though with the Passover. So did Jesus actually eat the Passover oh, yeah, meal? That's, and that's what we were talking about before. And it seems like, well, of course he ate the Passover meal. But if he was the sacrificial lamb, he would have had to been sacrificed before the Passover meal. So there's a lot of theories. I don't think we're going to go into it too much, but I like to think he did eat a Passover meal. Now, did he go with the Qumran calendar? Did he do it like a practice one? There's so many theories about this, that what he he ate, or was it just a meal? We don't know. But he did tell them, I I long to eat this Passover meal. But all the things that I've read, a number of people think he did eat the Passover, and especially like with the third cup, when the third cup, which is the cup of redemption, that's where he left off. He drank that cup. Yeah, and then right. the fourth cup, which is the cup of consummation, uh, is going to yet come. It just fits. It makes yeah. sense. There's yeah, a lot of symbolo- symbolo- symbology there. <laughs> yeah. Symbolism. Easy for you to say. And uh, the, uh, uh, right there. But he was also the, the Passover lamb. So at what point, you know, this was the Feast of Weeks. So if you want to go and study that, go ahead. Just yeah. search, you know, the, the Passover. And um, it is fascinating. But it is interesting to study the Passover right. yeah. and the symbolism that takes place with this. So this is kind of where it came from. The, the, 
is a, it's kind of like a carryover from the Passover that Jesus is instituting. But either way, whatever the history is of the Passover, the, the point is that that last meal, he breaks the bread and there's yeah. wine there. And he's like, this is my body and the blood. Do this in remembrance. Yeah. I think that's pretty clear. Do this yeah. in remembrance. He, he doesn't yes. actually say, hey, here it becomes my body and blood. It doesn't say that there's something, your, your sins are cleansed at this point. Well, and that was the institution, uh, instituting of the new covenant. Right. So, so it, mm-hmm. even in the uh, Passover meal, that didn't cleanse anything. Right. It didn't do anything. It was a remembrance. Right. And so I think he said, do this in remembrance. His actual blood is going to do the cleansing. Right. Uh, just like the, the actual blood of the lamb protected them for a, a year uh, when it came to for the, the high priest to sacrifice yeah. and bring it into the Holy of Holies, where Hebrew says he came in not without blood and uh, brought the, the perfect sacrifice right there and placed it on the mercy seat. So anyway, that was a lot to like what the Lord's Supper is. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and read Matthew 26, 26 through 29, babe. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink, eat all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that's where I think the fourth cup was left right. undisturbed. Yeah. You know, he didn't drink it because he's like, I will not drink henceforth this fruit of the vine, which would have been the next cup. And he said, I'm not going to do that until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom where, yeah. the, you know, everyone is, is come together in the consummation that comes. So anyway, this is, if you've been grown up in church for any length of time, you can almost quote this. I mean, yeah. it's so, well, if you're in a good church that actually does communion, uh, we're going to talk about that later where communion is uh, not even instituted anymore, but uh, it's like once a year type thing. Uh, we have Acts 2, 42 and 46, babe. What does that say? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Okay, so this is the early church. It, it, this is like a major uh, verse for us, right? They, like the practice of the early church, we are doing house church. And that is kind of the, there's four things they did. They taught the apostles doctrine, they prayed, they broke bread, and they fellowshiped. And then when I say fellowship, they didn't just sit around and drink coffee and talk about the saints, or not the saints. Uh, the, the Eagles. The, yeah, the Eagles, or whoever won the Super Bowl. I don't even know who won the Super Bowl. Um, the, um, was it the Chiefs? Maybe it the was Chiefs. the Chiefs. Yes. It was, was the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Yeah. They scored the most home runs. <laughs> yes, it is. You should have seen that one. <laughs> but the, um, uh, but they're breaking bread. So this is a common thing in the early church, and we're building a case here. So they went house to house, breaking bread. This is this is where we said this is another term for the Lord's Supper, breaking bread. Yeah. They had meals together. This was part of the fellowship of the body of Christ coming together, remembering the body and blood of Jesus, and how they did that was eating a meal, yeah. having supper together. Well, um, yeah, I was going to jump ahead, but I'll wait. Okay, he's, he's not going to jump. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Yeah. Uh, what are some misconceptions about the Lord's Supper? Okay, this is probably we only have two. I'm sure there's like fifty. Well, I think you kind of already talked about this a little right. bit. The bread actually becoming the body of Jesus, the transubstantiation, and right. all that. Yes. Yeah, the different views. Well, another misconception is that because it was the Lord's Supper, having just a little wafer and. A little cup. Well, of, you're, you are jumping I, I ahead. Am, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's like, how did it how did it transform right, from a meal 
to that. We're, we're going to uh, talk about that to the shortly. Elements. Yes, to the elements. <laughs> it's on the elements table, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. So, okay, so we're going to just skip that part because we already talked about well, that part. Well, the second one, the, like some people oh, think yeah. something actually happens right. when you consume the bread and the wine. That is fair. Like, that I is a misconception, though. Yes, yeah. we don't think so. We covered that a little bit, but we, we want to talk about that a little bit more where people, the attitude of it's actually doing something um, I don't think so. Like, I think it's still a symbol to remember by, but to actually forgive your sins and remission of sins, mm, I don't know many people who hold that that view of it, but maybe, maybe there's well, someone I, out there. I, um, I know it was part of the misconceptions we looked up, and and this is a grace. And when I say a grace, uh, like a um, an, like an ordinance, what do they call sacrament. it? Sacrament. Yeah, because the Catholics, they have their seven sacraments, and that's right. one of them. Right. Is the, and the Christian communion. church only has two so-called sacraments, right. and yeah. uh, and that would be communion and baptism. But that's but talk it, for another in the day. Catholic doctrine, if you don't keep all the sacraments of the church, then it either prolongs your time in purgatory or yep. you can't get to heaven. Whatever, but it's can't get to heaven on roller skates. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so the next question we have here is: How should the Lord's Supper be done? Now, this is. Like you're like, what are you talking about? We we've grown up in church our yeah. whole lives. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but why don't we just how did, how did your church do? I asked on Facebook, so only one person responded on Facebook. I should have done it a little earlier. And uh, Sarah said, not this Sarah, Sarah, uh, another Sarah, responded <laughs> and said that they they have every week they do this, and they have unleavened bread, one loaf, and um, one cup. And I, I responded back, and she didn't respond back. But I said, do you drink from the same cup? Uh, it's just a question. We used to do that. Yeah, we used we to share from yeah. one cup. And I was like, all those mouths of little kids. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. my goodness. Right. This is disgusting. How did you do it, Chuck? How often, and what did you guys do? So how often would have been most likely once a quarter, so okay. like four times a the year. Fifth, um, Sunday. Um, the and fifth. it wasn't a specific – it wasn't always scheduled specifically, but oh, okay. uh, it, it was um, – it wasn't random either, so it was pretty much close okay, to Okay, that doesn't particular. make sense. It wasn't scheduled, <laughs> but it was probably within a quarter. And, okay. uh, and we would have individual juice cups and, and individual little wafers or crackers, and they would be passed around yeah, to sure. each person. Sure. And once they were all passed out, then uh, we would partake together. Okay. And you use juice, I'm, assu- I'm assuming. Yes, juice. Right, because you're in a Baptist church. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people do wine. And uh, yeah. What about you? Is it about the same? Yeah, about the same. At uh, one point, they did uh, quarterly, and then they switched to once a month at the the mm-hmm. last Sunday of the month. Funny thing, uh, one point, well, one of the ladies in the church was started making the bread for it. Oh no! But it wasn't unleavened bread. Oh wow! <laughs> I know. Yeah. I thought okay, that's kind of funny, but uh, yeah. And then bread. they switched to the. Well, at first, they had the little pre-made little. I don't even know right. what they are. They're like, a little I think, square. Yeah, pieces of they tasted like hard cardboard white stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like looks like things I found on a job site or yeah, something. And yeah, and then they after the bread incident that only happened a few times, and then they switched to the matzah crackers. I don't yeah, know. If we it has had to the, be. we had the little things that was pretty much standard for yeah. for most of mm-hmm. my life until one time we took it and I think they had gone rancid. And it was like <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. yeah. No, no, no. they taste I, bad before. Now yeah, they taste yeah, really I think, bad. I think I think that's the size of a oyster crackers after right. that. <laughs> Well, I don't think it has to be unleavened bread, but for the symbology, I think it makes sense. Right. That yeah, it's, it does. you know, yeah. because the, the leaven uh, signified sin. And well, especially was, since the way most churches do this event. Right. 
unleavened bread makes more well, sense. Well, yeah, because yeah. you'll see, I, I have a different take on it, and yeah. to me, it doesn't even really matter. But well, I found it interesting when we first started house churching that one of the ladies in the group would make the bread for yep. communion. But she like I, she showed me how she did it, and like she would roll it out, and you like beat the dough, and whatever, and then she would pierce it with a fork. And yep. it's like she, each, she made a, each it was part. like a Passover bread. Yeah, it was, each mm-hmm. each step that she did though was like kind of significant. And she beat it like thirty nine times, and then <laughs> okay. I don't think all that. But I mean, it seemed interesting because I. I grew up with always the little wafers. Yeah. And how, yeah. Like, wow. how did you guys? I'm trying to remember. Very similar. I mean, it was very somber time and we had to really think. And I forget the frequency, but it was basically the same thing. A little cracker and a little juice and the, the deacons would come down. One would pass from one way, the, the crackers, and the other one would get the juice. And we'd have to wait. Yeah. And then, okay, let's partake. And not at the same time, but one one uh, bread, one juice. And, yeah. Um, uh, someone's playing music and stuff like that. I forget the frequency, though. I really do. Uh, it seems like we did it a lot, but I know we didn't do it every week. So maybe it was a fifth Sunday type situation. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was once a month. I, I really don't know. I, I totally forgot. But you, yeah. same same for you? Yeah, I don't remember the frequency. It yeah. seemed like it was, I mean, it wasn't every week, but yeah. it was. Okay. So how should the Lord's Supper be done then? As a meal or just a snack? And that's kind of the title of this is the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Snack. Now, as you can see, we're, we're kind of making fun of the little elements here, you know, the little <laughs> cracker and the little juice. The elements. Yes, I don't know where we get that. But in Jude one twelve, it, it talks about these are spots in your feasts of charity. So it doesn't, it's not a huge stretch there to love feasts. You know. oh, it says a New King James love feast. Right, but so. feast of charity. What, what is right. that? That's a love feast. Yeah. It's right. a it's a charity feast. It's a, it's a your fe- so yeah. they had these feasts, these love feasts. They broke bread from house to house. The the early church ate together, and it was the Lord's Supper. I believe that's exactly what the Lord's Supper was. I am sure that it included bread and wine. Well, uh, yeah, most likely. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure at <clears throat> some point. And that's in our fellowship. We don't do that as often. The quote unquote elements. Well, but we have a meal together every every Sunday, and to me yeah. that is vital because that is the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Now, I, as I've been studying this more and more, I've seen the bread and the wine and how important that is, and I'm like, maybe we should institute that as part of the supper at some point, where someone breaks the bread and and and, and passes out the juice and. Um, but it is that is the central thing of our meeting is eating together, eating the Lord's Supper for the remembrance of yeah. what He did. You know, yeah. that's that's. I think that is very very important. That's well, what the early church did, and we've gone away from and that. And it makes sense that it was if it's called the Lord's Supper right. or the Last Supper. Right. That's. It's a supper. It's not they, a snack. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and you most, can't tell me this is a supper. No wonder they were sickly and dying <laughs> yeah. if that's what they got. Like, oh. Well, someone away hungry. Right. Exactly. I was eating that. They went back there and ate all the oysters, you know, and drank all the juice. And I'm like, well, that selfish guy. Yeah. Well, I will have to say that when I was young, when I was a young cat, this was probably before I even partook in the Lord's Supper at church, you know. But um, at one point, my parents were actually responsible for preparing it. Oh, wow. And okay. I, I love being able to pick everything up and get the Leftover stuff. <laughs> you, ate the, you ate after. Oh man, that is a cardinal sin in some, oh, some churches. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that would be a no no in some churches. That was a lot better grape juice, you know. So that little bitty bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get the yes. whole. <laughs> yes. So um, okay. So the love feast, Jude one two. It, it was it was obviously a meal. It is the right. centerpiece mm-hmm. of the gathering and not just an afterthought. So today it is more of an afterthought as the church becomes more and more institutional that becomes less and less important. 
the the more that you have a relational church, this becomes more and more central because we can we can. I can't even imagine a mega church trying to have a meal. It wouldn't work. It would yeah. be it would be so chaotic. Right. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a smaller group, a smaller uh, group of believers, and right. you can bring different food, and it doesn't have to be complicated. You can no. you can make simple meals, and uh, it's easier to to share in that and have fellowship around Christ and 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 bring forth the the, the food together. I, uh, I was doing some reading on this and the history for the first couple centuries of the early church it was a meal they would come together have a meal right and it wasn't until about the third century that it actually went away evolved into more of a ritual you know why Hmm. yeah Constantine. That's right. <laughs> Constantine legalized the church and structured it, and then soon after that, the Catholic Church. Oh, do they get the same one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of took over and became the main state religion, and it became a professional right. thing to, we're going to institute this and make it very super spiritual, and the meal ceased, and it became elements at that Th- point. This is actually a big controversy during the Reformation as well. I don't know if you guys read that. But uh, they how, wanted to bring it back to a meal. Well, some did, but some wanted to keep the the ritualistic aspect of the Catholic well, yeah, Church. Yeah, because if you look at the Lutherans, yeah, it's just the same. It's the, yeah, it's you the know, same. It's, it's like what are we talking about? But yeah. it's I think they much would the take same. offense to that. I know they would but, because it, they they got their subtle differences, but it's pretty much the same. And uh, but yeah, that that's kind of the history well, on where it changed. Yeah. It went from being a a family atmosphere where families got together, local yeah. believers, the local church all over the cities. Uh, they didn't meet in mega churches, and they had meals together. They broke bread. They shared the word of God. They they prayed with one another, and they had a good time. This was a re- time of remembrance. It was a feast. Well, and, and it also fits with the Passover because one in the original, if you go back to Exodus, I think it's chapter twelve. They when God gave them the when He instituted the Passover the meal. He said, "If you, when, if your family's not large enough, you know, to f- eat the whole lamb, invite another family, yeah, right. share it with another family." Yeah. And well, we, so, we don't have that problem. Well, yeah, I know, but <laughs> uh, I don't know who's going to invite our family. We'd be like, ah, uh, maybe not them. They're too big. Uh, but maybe I mean, soon. It was, it, oh, yeah, maybe soon. It was a meal, though. It was a, a right, like you said, a feast. It was they a, actually ate real food, yeah, they, and it wasn't just a reduced to this. So the meaning is lost when we reduce it down to just a snack. Right. It becomes an afterthought, and it's just a snack. And that, that's kind of, you want to interrupt here. Well, the meaning of the, the feast or whatever is lost, but also the meaning of a lot of scripture, I think. Well, oh, absolutely, yeah. we don't as get. we're going to get into here right. shortly. But it also is, it fits our society too. You think about our society. We don't eat together as families anymore. And in no. our, our household, and I think in your guys' homes, I don't know, maybe. We tried. We yeah. know okay. what Larry does. <laughs> he lives here. So. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> but mealtime is very, very important for us. And it's yeah. uh, it can take a while. Sometimes it's not as long, but we, we talk, we... We we prepare our food. We eat. Yeah. It's it's a very important time for us, and so that translates into the gathering of believers. It's just an added benefit that there's other people that we're sharing it with, right? And so that's Thanks. a you know. But we've lost that in our society because we're so busy on the run. We're going from here to there, so we just go to McDonald's, uh, pick up something to eat, or you know, go out to eat, pick something up. We don't eat with anybody anymore. So many people just eat alone on their lunch breaks. Yeah. It's it's we don't eat together. We don't understand the importance of just eating together, which would make First Corinthians. 5.11 make more sense Yeah, uh, as we're getting into that shortly. Oh, actually, that's what we're going to get into right now. Yeah. That's right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5.11, why don't we go ahead and go there? 
But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such and one know not to eat. Okay, so most of us don't have to worry about this, and because and, we're not inviting, how many people do we go out to eat with? We usually go out to eat with our friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so this verse, he's actually talking about church discipline here, where they have refused to kick out the, a person who was in gross right. sin right. and discipline him. And so he's like, hey... If you have this person who's called a brother, we're not talking about someone who's out there living like this, but someone who claims to be a believer and is living like this, with such a one, know not to eat. So don't eat with this person. And it makes more sense that if in your meetings, you're eating together. So basically, you're saying don't invite him into your your meetings uh, where you're eating together. So don't even eat. This doesn't apply to most people because we don't even go to eat with them. It yeah. might only apply to family members. You're yeah, like, mm, should I eat with my brother? You know, that's uh, that's where we we have this little battle. But this verse suggests that there's a meal in the church, and we're not to eat with people who are living uh, ungodly. Right. All right. So, are we good? Anything? Anything you guys want to add yet? Okay. So, eating together shows unity. And I think that that's what's kind of like what's lost in, in our society. But it does show unity. We, I, It almost feels like, hey, if I'm willing to break bread with you, Chuck, I'm willing, like, hey, you're in with me, right? Yeah. I've invited you over that's to right. my house. And um, you're in. So I've invited you to come over to my house. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to know you a little bit better. So that's a way of getting to know someone. Or we're really good friends, and I I want to share my food. It, it shows a, a sign of unity. Right. And yeah. and uh, so that's what happens when we invite people over, right? Yeah, like, it, is a, it is a you know, certain level of acceptance. I Absolutely. Mean, there's some... You're not. You also are going to be closer yep. just by the fact that you're sharing meal together. You're sitting down. You're communicating stuff. stuff. Right. Yeah, it's, it just brings into that atmosphere where you get to know people better. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's a thing that uh, expands beyond just American culture. It goes around the world. Right. People get together. Having a meal together was it's important. Important. Yeah. yeah, it's a means of accepting or uh, sometimes. Groups get together, they have a meal as a means to signify a treaty or something like that. True. Yeah, we're, yeah, in, so. we're in, I live in Mississippi, but we're in Louisiana. Right. And yeah. down here, the culture actually is much Eating like together. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to get together for an event, there's going to be food involved. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, and maybe not food. so much that in other places of the country, it may just be the event, but uh, everything down here revolves around a food. Uh, a food. Yes. Yeah. So maybe we're biased a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> And we have good food, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, so eating together does show unity. Paul's rebuke in 1 Corinthians 11 is there because they were there were problems with how they were doing this. So in 1 Corinthians 11, we're going to read part of it here shortly, but he's rebuking them for not waiting or the, the rich were eating all the food and the poor weren't getting anything. And, and so they were very selfish. There was a lot of problems and they weren't doing it right. What They weren't coming together to do the Lord's Supper. He even says that. They're not right. even to do the Lord's Supper. They're coming into condemnation, actually. So but, I mean, it's obvious when you read it that they were separate groups. Right. They were separating themselves yeah. even within what was supposed to be the church the body, body of Christ, right? You know, they weren't they weren't being one body together. Nope. Yeah, and if obvious. it was just these little wafers and a little sip of grape juice, no one's getting th- drunk. This makes no sense. No, it no. doesn't. No, it's <laughs> it doesn't. So we could we should consider what it means to take it in an unworthy manner. Uh, let's let's read the verse first, and let's talk about an unworthy manner after that. But go ahead and read First Corinthians eleven twenty seven through thirty. 
Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now that is scary, and it should scare you if you're just reading that. You're like, yeah. whoa. whoa. Maybe that's why we were. I was so scared. I'm like, uh, am I going to die today <laughs> if I eat this? Because I know I got. Am I am I struggling with something right now? Lord, forgive me. Okay, can I do this now? Uh, you know. So in an unworthy manner, we just talked about this on Sunday, and you know, a lot of people have to examine themselves, and it's always this very mournful time. Like, right. am I in sin? Dude, if you're in sin, mm-hmm. you should get right with the Lord. Right, exactly. I don't yeah. care what time it is, <laughs> yes. or you waiting for the Lord's Supper to get right with you know with God. Was that the thing that reminded you? Right. <laughs> I, I don't understand. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, you know when you sin, and um, you, you, what are you doing? Uh, so this examining yourself, I think it goes back to what he's been talking about all of chapter eleven and all of Corinthians, in yeah. fact. Uh, where they're being selfish, they're not considering one another, they're suing one another, they're of Paul, they're of Paulus, they're of Cephas, they're, you know, all these divisions, and there's yeah. and they're not examining the body. They're actually, there could have been, in the, in the church, it could have been slave and masters together, and they divided themselves, poor and rich, they divided yeah. themselves. Who knows the divisions that were going on in the church, but he, he says that there were divisions, and he partly believed it. I'm like, you should have believed it. Um, and they uh, they were having all these problems, and where we don't have the verse here, but they were saying how the, the people without the poor people weren't getting anything. Right. right. How yeah. terrible. Yeah. I mean, the people are yeah. drinking and to the point where they're getting drunk. Right. And uh, um, I'm like, this is crazy. What, what was going on? They, they were so selfish. They weren't examining themselves as in accepting the body of Christ. They, they weren't they weren't doing it in a worthy manner. Because let's be fair. None of us are worthy to right, take. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, right. So let, let's just get that out of the way. Like, who's worthy? Uh, none of us. So if you can get to that place where you can quickly in two minutes get worthy, what are you talking about? Well, yeah. and that brings in the point of making this a ritual. Right. It's something where you feel like you can cleanse yourself to make yourself. You set. You confess your sins or you repent of them or whatever. And right. now, okay, now I'm good with God and I can partake of this. Ritual. Absolutely. But no, that's not how it works. That's, it's not. It's part of a bigger picture here, of right. one of selfishness, one of they're not considering the body of Christ. They're not examining. They're not doing these things. They're, they're doing it in an unworthy manner. They're, they're, not, they're not this. They're, they're, they're below this. This is this is beneath them, yeah. basically. <laughs> and so they're doing a worthy manner. Okay, Joshua, I know I went over a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe we can take a break now. Don't get too upset with me. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, take a break and see if Abigail's around. Thank you for listening. This is the Mike Charleston Show. All right, we are back, and uh, this is a halftime show, basically, and it's not much of a show, but we do have Abigail here for her game, but... Okay, go ahead, Joshua. I'll talk about it later. This is Abigail's. All right, Abigail. Uh, your time on the show is getting closer and closer to the uh, end. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, we're still trying to figure out a, a date for your wedding. We need to start doing interviewers for replacement. Oh, we got to oh. start that process. Yeah. 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 Are they lining up? Yeah, they're lining yeah. up. All I right. Doubt it. Put in the application. Yeah, probably not. 
<laughs> I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> I, I think I we need I need to say something kind of so people understand. The reason why Sarah hasn't been here for the game time. Because she's a loser? No, oh. to give us a chance to oh, win. Yes, that is oh. true. That so, is the truth. Yeah. That is the, yes. Because otherwise we know who would win. Yeah, not yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Abigail, what do you have for us? I have no clue what you're going to be doing. So hopefully, is it related? It is a little bit related. Okay. So it's questions about the is Last Supper. No, not that kind of relation. Okay, go ahead. Questions about like the Last Supper, Passover, anything to do with oh, any of boy. that. Okay. Like, like Leviticus. Mm. What is that? Is that going to be part of it? Maybe Probably not, not that necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, right. Give it to us. How are we going to do this, by the way? Um, it's a group effort. All right. Yeah, we, I like group effort. We don't yes. lose. We don't lose. Yeah. Am I right or am I right or am I right? You could still get the questions wrong. Well, that's true. I was going to say, oh. we could lose. Yeah, we yeah. could lose as a whole group. Yeah. There is no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, All right. let's go. You ready for your first question? Yeah, why not? Why not? Right. I think we're ready. Okay. After the Last Supper, what did Jesus and his disciples do before going to the Mount of Olives? Well, uh, I know this. You guys know? Um... I think so, yeah. Okay. They, I, they sing a hymn. Yeah. Yeah. Sing yeah a, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're going to do. They, yeah. they sung a hymn. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> of course. They sing a hymn. What was the hymn? It was Amazing Grace. Yeah, I was, oh, okay. was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or just as uh, a hymn. We have no, just as a hymn. I don't know. Uh, we have no idea. Okay. Probably Psalm 53. 23 or whatever. Yeah. 23. Yeah. Uh, what's the Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Go ahead. Sorry. Which U.S. president was oh, wow. the first to host a Passover Seder at the White House? Wow, that Ooh. is that is a hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, I want to know what you think. Oh, Abraham Lincoln, maybe. Who's? I was thinking more. Was it? Uh, I was thinking of one of the Quincy boys. Quincy? Who's Quincy? Oh, John Quincy. You thinking Adams. way back there? Well, yeah, I'm hardly any Jews around. I'm thinking. Um, the Jews didn't start coming over until more modern. Right. Uh, I think so. What, like in the. Who would have been president in like the 30s, 40s. 20s, or 30s, or 40s? Wilson? Woodrow Wilson? Yeah, Roosevelt. Wilson. Well, we got to pick one. Truly, you have a dizzying. Yes, I know. You want to go with Wilson? I. Who was president before um, FDR? Was that Wilson? Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. we're going to say Wilson. Not okay, we can't drag know. this out. Historians. Where are we going to go? Uh, I say Wilson. Wilson. What do you say? Yeah, Wilson. Okay, I'll Wilson. let you go with it. It is not Wilson. Uh, nah, of course not. It was much more recent than that. Oh, oh much more recent. Like George Bush or Obama? Or? Obama. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh. Who That's, knew? Apparently not us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. True or false? Okay, true. A feather, spoon, and candle are sometimes used to search for leaven. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would. I would say so. Yeah. We're going with yes. Yeah. That is true. Yes. <laughs> of course, it's true. I have. That's what the kids do. Okay. With uh, the feather. Well, when they go searching after they've hidden the, the 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 matzo. The matzo ball. No, the matzo. Or they could do it. Why I guess you could do it before too, if you're trying to clean out the leaven from the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's why yeah. I have a feather duster. Hey, it's yeah. the feather duster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What else do we got? During a seder. Four questions are usually asked. Ooh. True or false? Ooh. There's oh. a lot of things that happen. Uh, this is the Seder, not the Passover. So there are four questions are that are asked. The... I think it's technically the Passover. Okay. It's, it's uh-huh. four questions that are asked to the children that the children are supposed to give response to at different times. So I'm going to say yes. Okay, we're going to go right. check on I'll this go one. I'll go with you. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. Oh, good try. Yeah. Okay. According to tradition, there are three ceremonial hand washings during the Passover yes, meal. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I believe there's three. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. I think there's three. Josh? I don't remember. We I did. don't remember either. Yeah. yeah, it's either three or four, but I'm pretty sure I, it's three. Yeah, I'm going to say. I'm no, good go with, with three. It. Three. Let's do a three. That is wrong. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's two. 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 Oh. oh, come on. Hmm. I forget what they were before, but it was something I'm before. I'm pretty sure it was three. Are you sure? I saw it on multiple sources as oh. two. Mm. I don't remember the hand washing. Yeah, there's a couple different times. Yeah, they, I thought it was three. I don't remember when. thought it was three. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Okay. True or false? John is the only gospel to record Jesus washing the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. That's true. That is true. Because he's, he does the Passion Week. Yeah. And he goes in yeah. depth. So it's got to be John. Is it a trick question? I, I think it is true. It's John or Luke or Matthew Mark. Yeah, man. Oh, I don't know how you say that. We <laughs> <laughs> have a 25% chance. I wondered chance if of... Luke would have... Uh, it's good with Matthew it's Mark. True. But, uh, yeah, let's go with true. It's true. It is true. true. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was easy. Okay. All right. Matthew and Luke are the only two Gospels that mention the Garden of Gethsemane by name. Is oh. that true or false? Oh. oh. I know Matthew does. I, I, I don't know this, actually. Right. Um, Matthew and Mark? No, Matthew, Matthew and Luke. Matthew, Matthew and Luke. Luke. So does Luke. The, I think he might just say the Garden. Yeah, I think it's just the Garden. Oh, uh, I don't know. we got to come up with something. I say it's a trick question. I, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> only I'm Matthew. Say false. Yeah, false. False. It is false. Yeah. It's Matthew and Mark. Oh, that's uh, so that's exactly what we were Mark. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew and Mark. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, and your yeah. final question. All right. About 600,000 Israelites left Egypt with Moses no, when Pharaoh ridiculous. set them free. Is that true or false? 600,000? 600,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's the general estimates. Yeah. Uh, I right. say it's about 2 million with women and children. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 600,000 men. Yeah. Did you say 600,000 men? men? She said Israelites. She said 600 Israelites. So it depends I on the have, source. Yeah, because that would be, it would definitely over that if you're counting women, and, women children. and children. So I would have to go false. Let's go false. I'm, I think it's true. Oh, he thinks it's true. It's true. Uh, It's two against three. We're going false. It's true. Oh, there we got it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. Um, Because I'd heard the estimates of a million or less. So yeah, yeah, but I I thought that was just a min. I did too. I think uh, we have to look that up. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll I think have to do some research on that one. Yeah, but maybe that was I mean, 600,000? I mean, if it's 600,000, do the, the Egyptians really feel like they're getting outnumbered at that point? Yeah, because I've heard it was like 2 million uh, with the I, women I, and children. I don't know how many Egyptians there were at the time. 700,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like numbers matter when it comes to slavery, so... It's just, yeah, well, they were, have the yeah. whips and the guns and the chains and but all that. I, I don't the, think they had any guns. And, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. I don't know. The Egyptians were pretty advanced. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, they uh, had the right. pyramids. So, so actually, thanks, thanks, Abigail, for that. We actually have a question, and uh, your mom. Uh, your mom. There. Your mom. I don't even know what the question <laughs> is. Uh, where is, is, it is with, oh, is that the question? No, no I don't know where the question there, is. Is that it? No, it's a small question. But while we're looking for the question, the uh, let me tell you a story about my dog. So <laughs> my dog, we've been having problems with my dog, Jackson, and he he's, wants to get in the house when he's scared and he tries to chew up the window 
and he tries to, uh, you know, do... Um, yeah, I, in fact, I still need to fix the screens from where he tore oh, he last tears time. up the screens, <clears throat> he, he chews up the door. This dog is a menace to society. And oh, he also figured out, he knows how to get into the warehouse, by the way. Yes, he tries to push... The, he, he does, he pushes the door out. Okay, well, anyway. get squeezed in behind? So we have a kennel oh, in yeah. our house, because we don't leave our dogs out at night. Uh, most of the time. And so they are inside. They have a kennel. Well, he jumped out of the kennel and decided to open the door. He opened the laundry door and crawled, not crawled, walked, Uh you know, upstairs (laughs) all the way into our studio. And this is what he thinks about our show. He pooped on the floor. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, what is your deal? I I can't believe this was the second time. The first time was in the living room, which is pretty obvious. We don't come in the studio all that much. And we found it right away, and it was Elizabeth's job uh, to find it. Uh, so anyway, did you find did you find the question? Oh, here it is. Oh, How about hey, that? Hey, hey, look at there. there. Got it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think if you so if you want a dog, please contact us at talk at fellowship believers dot org. And he's a good dog. He's a sweet he's dog. He's a great dog. He's, he's a, a great dog. You want the like loud noises. I don't think you want the dog, do you? No. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we do have a question that we want to answer real quick. It says, hello, Mike Charleston show. Hello. Hello. Um, A friend once asked me what I thought was God's purpose for having families. And I wanted to ask the same question. What would you say was God's purpose for families? That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, it's... Truly, you have a little complicated, I think, in some respects. Well, I think first, right away off the top of my head, it was to procreate. I would agree. That would be right off the top of my head, too. And you wanted to do it in a way that was not going to drive us all crazy. Like, if we just, all the guys started procreating with everybody, that would probably create wars. And (laughs) Okay, we have been doing that. So, Uh, as you can see, we got wars. Yes. yes. A lot of wars have started over stuff like that. And um, so we wanted to do it in a way that was beneficial for all mankind, where one man, one woman for for um, uh, forever, and they would produce children, offspring. And then I think the second part would be to pass on the traditions, the 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 godliness that we have, assuming that we're godly. And pass them on to the kids, right? That was your 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 take, right? Right. I mean, obviously the procreation, but yeah, I feel like it was not just to create more life, but to give something to the next generation to pass on. I feel like that was all part of the plan he had. Can you guys think of another one? I, I see it as a, a building block for society. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have a, a larger community, going to have a society, this is, it's a micro microcosm of right. what society should look like. So. You, you should be able to manage your home and and within that family you have certain things that you learn just by being part of that family and how you relate to one another and that then expands out to a greater peace in society right absolutely and i think that's where you start to see the structure of the family design uh, should kind of branch itself in a broader sense now obviously the family structure is more like a monarchy in a sense and uh, our society is not. Yeah. We, we well, don't live in a monarchy. I think it also uh, is there to reveal our flaws. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. That's, you're always focused on your flaws, Larry. Uh, <laughs> this is show how selfish we can be. I'm still Larry. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Actually, it's, I, I heard uh, um, this comedian, I don't know who she is, but she was bragging about, I guess on Valentine's Day, how she's alone and she's happy. She didn't want to have kids. She doesn't want to have a husband. And but it, it sounds like it's like you're just a miserable, selfish, per- yeah. selfish person. Yeah, sound very funny. I heard yeah, that. I, was like, <laughs> I think I heard that sound bite too. 
Yeah, wow, it's, it's miserable. I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds like, horrible. Because so we want to, uh, we want to, you know, pass something on, right? And, and God, it kind of reveals the Godhead too. Yeah. It kind of reveals who God is in His nature. By you, you see that the Father and the Son, how they submit one right. to each, well, not one to each other. The the, fa- the Son, Jesus, submitted himself in the garden. Speaking of the garden, yeah. And you know, not my will, but your will be done. And what is a, a woman supposed to do? She's supposed to submit her will. Not my her, will, but yours. Right, and and that's not we, we we may laugh at that somewhat in our society. It doesn't really believe that anymore, but that is what God had designed it for, and it becomes this you know this clash of like. Like, we have to work this out. Now, God is perfect in his structure right. of how the, the Godhead is, is, and we're not. We are so far from that. Well, And yet we get well, to know, partake in that. You, you, we say that, and, and we look at it, not, not the Godhead is so perfect, but the idea that the, the wife is supposed to submit to the husband, and we take that into this picture of such a a wrong picture of submittal. Let's think about think about God and, 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 um, and Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses wasn't afraid to reason with God. Right. Right. And God would listen to him and sit there and, and accept the reason. And God right. changed his mind based off the reason right. that Moses presented. That, to me, is a good picture of, of a husband and wife relationship. Hmm. There's reason that can take place and you can change your mind. Therefore, I tell people, listen to your wives. Yeah. They, they, they have some good insights that we don't have. Interesting. Well, ain't she the smart one? Especially if she's smart. <laughs> I just well, never thought about that. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that is uh, that was from Elizabeth, and uh, no last name. Well, so. and, the, and families, though. Part of that is marriage, and we know why God created marriage to be that picture of Christ in the church. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think part of it, and part of it was originally like that was the important part of marriage was to procreate, but do it in a way that represents Christ. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was. I know yeah. I'm not talking to the mic, Joshua. I'm sorry. Okay. So why don't we go ahead and get out here, and we'll finish uh, our supper. Thank you for listening to the Mike Charleston Show. All right, we are back, and we are going to finish the supper here and about the Lord's Supper. Um, so this is, uh, what is the meaning and purpose of the Lord's Supper? And I think this is really the, the most important part. Right. Obviously, um, the practice, yeah. I think, is... Well, the church has lost the practice, and it's going to take a few people to kind of reclaim that as a meal and eat it as a meal. Uh, but the the church at whole, let's just forget about it. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not, not they're never going back. They're they're getting bigger and bigger and more institutionalized. So it doesn't mean we don't get we we don't quit. But it's I can only worry about what we're doing. And right. and yep. if you can make some changes, I know some churches they try to have potluck meals. Every once in a while, and that's nice. That's yeah, a nice yeah. effort, and I can appreciate that. Um, but it should have. The, well, if you got a mega church with a thousand or five thousand people, how are you going to do that? Yeah, it's, it's on the grounds, <laughs> man. Big old tent. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, I would not want to eat that. That'd be cold food. Oh yeah. So anyway, what is the meaning and purpose of the Lord's Supper? Well, number one, Jesus commanded us to do this yeah. in remembrance. Yeah, so I yeah. think that's pretty easy. Well, yeah, Jesus easy. said it. Let's do it. And what are we remembering? Well, yeah, that's a good question. So we say this often at our fellowship that when we come together and meet, we are remembering the life, the death, the burial, um, the resurrection, and the coming of our Lord Jesus. Right. I think that's a good point because it's not a remembering of your sin to right. examine yourself. It's re- it's because then it puts the focus on yourself. Right. It's yeah. You're to remember Christ, Christ, remember and the new covenant His that sacrifice. He instituted. Yes. Yep. Yep. His so. blood. My sins are forgiven. Yeah. And we come together. 
in right. unity in this one thing. We may not always agree on everything. We may not like uh, the same um, thing, like going hunting. We may not <laughs> like right. all those things, but what brings us together and what unifies us and what's fellowship around is Christ. Right. Yeah. And that we're forgiven and that Christ is the reason why. And his blood yeah. is sufficient for us. And we want to remember that. Yeah. And we want to remember it often. So we get together often. And uh, we do it in a celebration way, uh, a celebratory way. Um, also, in the same way that the Passover reminded the Jews of their deliverance from bondage in yeah, Egypt, that's right. we are reminded of our freedom from sin. Remember what he's done. So their freedom from slavery, we are remembering our freedom from slavery from sin. We are no longer bound to our flesh. We are no longer in Adam. We are in Christ. We're right. forgiven. We are now the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We have uh, a place in the in the heavenlies now. We are seated in heavenly places. These are the things that we remember, right? You know, and sometimes we forget that. And it's good just to r- remind ourselves when we eat and say, "Hey, guys, we're about to pray and we're about to eat, and we remember what the Lord has done for us. That He's blessed us. He's provided uh, a sacrifice for us. He's provided the Lamb for us. Provided Jesus for us. He provided a way of escape. He pr- provided our for our sins." to be forgiven. This is important. Right. This is the whole reason yeah. of, of gathering, you know, is is for this, is for Christ. Okay, number two. So not only looking back at what he's done for us, but expecting what's coming in the future and looking yes. forward. Yeah. yeah, I know this yeah. is, some people don't think about it like this, but yeah. it is a, I heard one guy one time say that we remind Jesus to come back for us. And I don't, I don't know if, you know, too much, how you want to go too far into that, right. but mm-hmm. I understand the concept where by doing this, we are, it's a remembrance and it's a looking forward of, hey, we're going to be with our, our Lord and Savior and He is coming back for us. And we're doing this in a remembrance thing. So it is looking forward, right? It is. I'm not so sure about, I mean, I've heard people talk about reminding yeah. Jesus of things, but. I think He knows. That's why I don't mean, want to take it too far. Well, but I, <laughs> I understood maybe what He was trying to get at. But that, I like the blend of the looking back and remembering what He's done and then also. Looking, looking forward, forward for and, the consummation yeah, and I think the, that's pretty neat. Well, also by looking forward, it it gives honor to God to know that we're we're still waiting. Yep. We yeah. haven't given up. Mm. Yeah. We're we're looking forward to his return. Our that's our faith. That's our faith. Right. Yeah. So sure. yeah, he's coming back for us. So first Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So we show the Lord's death till he comes. So he is coming. Yeah. And we're kind of reminding ourselves of that too. Like, hey, he is coming. This isn't it right here. Uh, but as often so this kind of moves into our next subject here, how often. So Far as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup. So it doesn't tell us exactly no, how often to do it. No. no. So that's why I was asking earlier, what what do you what do you guys do? But how often should we partake of the, the Lord's Supper? Now in our fellowship, we do this every week. We 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 eat together every right. week. Now we don't necessarily bring out the uh, tortilla, uh, <laughs> the, the elements. elements. Yeah, the <laughs> elements. Um, I think we need to practice that a little bit yeah. more. The because uh, I do think that is a good time to remind ourselves right. what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes exactly. we get caught up. Uh, now, frequency, so how often? So some say once a year because it takes away from the special meaning of, of, the, of the meal and or the, or the elements. No one has a meal together. Or but just like the Passover. Right. They do it just so. But the Passover was only once a, once a year. But it, it loses the importance of it if we only do it more than once a year. And and I had an argument with a, 
a guy, uh, we were going to their church for a little bit years and years ago, and he was the pastor. And I was like, what do you guys do for communion? Because at the time, we did communion every week, it was, it was, and we still do. But, but I mean, communion, actually, right. the, the right. elements and all that. And he was like, we only do it once a year. And he tried to, he went into the spiritual thing about, because the meaning of it has a great meaning. And I just looked at him and I said, well, how often do you have sex with your wife? <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm, I'm, I was being serious because well, yeah, I'm like, does it lose the meaning <laughs> with the frequency? And well, I don't want to be, you know, coarse, but I mean, uh, like, we don't practice that in our. And I know if you do things often, it can it can right. lose the meaning. Yeah. Like we have a thing called ice cream night, and we yeah. do it every Wednesday, and it's a, it's a reminder. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but it's an ice cream night, and it has to do with Hebrews and all that. And it's a reminder. And there are times where we can get lost in the meaning. We or lose the meaning. We right. just right. eat the ice cream and we're done. It's our job to keep the meaning. Right. You don't yeah, know. And, right. and, and talking to my wife every single day, we can lose the specialness of that. It's our job to make sure that doesn't right. happen. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't buy that. Once a year, it might lose its specialness. No, man. No, Does prayer lose its specialness? Does reading the Bible lose right, it? Yeah. It can. It can, yeah. Just, but it's our job not to. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Once a year was no, my was my was my uh, 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 suggestion a little crude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something, but never okay, mind. Yeah, I don't want to let, let it go. Just Larry, go. <laughs> what are you uh, Some people doing? say like once a week, once a month. Right. But here's the thing: there is no prescribed time. Now, right. once a month, once a week thing seems to be like on the Lord's Day. Yeah, they got together on the Lord's Day. Uh, we do it whenever we get together on on Sunday. We gather together; the whole church comes together. I think it's something to be done together. That's the other thing. Right. We don't get to go boxes and, and go home <laughs> as some churches do nowadays. Yeah, um, I might as well just do this by myself in the closet. What, what are we doing? I mean, I guess you could. But no, this is something to be done well, together. I, I, a, I think because we have a meal every week, right? And so it's easier for us to to think about this every week, right? Yeah. But if you're in a traditional church, this becomes a ritual that you have to schedule and do, right? Once a quarter, like Chuck was saying, or once a year, right? Or um, at the last Sunday of the month, something like that, right? So it's this is, I think you're comparing two different things. But I think so, and it's not yeah. just eating a meal. And what after doing this study, I was like realizing, you know what? Maybe there was something about the bread and the wine where they they, they broke the bread, right? And he said, do this in remembrance. It wasn't just necessarily the eat. right. Eat, yeah. You know, eat, eat chicken. Fry, you know, right? it, it was, eat French fried chicken, which I'm a fan of. Yeah, but the. You know that part of it while you're eating, it right, still yeah. has to be a part of the meal. Well, that's the, I was going to say the the when he broke the bread, that was part of the meal they were having. That was right. Maybe at the end, he had a special time yeah, where he so. took the bread and did right, that specifically. Right. Yeah. Right. And Acts twenty seventeen said or uh, twenty seven. Verse 7, it 20, says, verse 7. Then upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. So it does seem like they, they came together on the Lord's Day. Is that what it says? Yeah. The first day of the week. It doesn't say the Lord's. It's the first day of the week. I think another place it says the Lord's Day. But, yeah, so but it sounds the first like the, day of the pattern week. for the They New broke Testament bread while they were meeting together. Every week. Right. right. And it would make sense. And so... I think it's only good to eat together, and I know at, at some points in our doing house church over twenty some years, there have been some people who didn't like the meal, and and I'm like, well, we're still doing that. I I, right. I really don't. You don't have to show up for the meal. 
but we're doing the meal because I believe it's that important right. to what we are doing. That's where the fellowship around Christ happens. We talk about, we get to know one another. We've talked about all these things, so I don't have to reiterate them. But well, and the, I feel uh, like the doing it together, like you said, is important because I've. Um, you got extra notes over there. Well, no, that's just First Corinthians that I had printed. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, because like I heard someone talking about it, and they said that when you take communion, then you're showing like the unity between you and Christ, right? And then also unity between us as believers right. in oh, yeah. the body of Christ, and then the disunity or whatever the opposite separation of that would be the separation from right. the world. You know? Separation. Because that's where in First Corinthians 10, it says you can't drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. So you can't. Right. So the, the whole First Corinthians, it does seem like this couple chapters, it's centered around, the chapter 10 is about, and I was just, it just dawned on me because we've been going through Corinthians at church. Yeah. yeah. And um, the chapter 10 is talking about things sacrificed to idols. And then he goes right into communion with a little break of, divine order there. And I was like, is that the thing sacrificed to idols? Have that something to do with the mealtime, you know, where yeah. they're bringing things sacrificed to idols into the house of the Lord. And he's like, the house of the Lord, when I say it like that, it makes it sound like, uh, but in that household of faith, you know, where we're bringing the, the cup of the devils and the cup of the Lord, you know, can't be together. And I think he's making that picture. But yeah, in the same way, we have nothing to do with the world. Like we're supposed to be separate right. unto right. unto God and and to be sanctified before Him, and and so by partaking this, we are together in this. And we're unity, and we're we're showing our separation from the world, kind of like baptism in a sense, where I am showing that I am identifying with Christ and His life, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. In the same way, we're identifying with Christ by partaking in this. Right. Yeah. Lord's Supper. So, anyway. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah. It's, Anything else? Yep. Nope. Nope. You ready to eat supper? Yeah. <laughs> supper sounds good. Yeah. All this talk of food. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to eat. Mm-hmm. I know people have had some special meals throughout the years. And, and look, I'm all for it. You're like, hey, here's the, here's my suggestion, though, for uh, a lot of people are like, oh, so you're against big church? Absolutely, I am. Yeah. But I'm also for feasts. And so my suggestion, I, I had the suggestion with a couple other churches. They had a bunch of small churches as they were getting bigger. And they wanted to divide up. And I, I suggest maybe quarterly get together as a big group right, somewhere yeah, right. and have a bigger feast, you know, yeah. and, and that's fine. Now, if you're thousands and thousands of people, it might be harder to do uh, no, that. No, it's not going to work. But, but you can you can you you keep it local. Or, the local body of yeah. Christ is very important. Keep it smaller. There's more intimacy. Yeah. You can eat together. You can do the things that the scripture actually talks about doing. Well, so. and that's part of it. You, that's a good point. Keeping it smaller where you have a more intimate setting. Right, right. Uh, it's you develop greater and deeper bonds of friendship, right? Because it's you can connect. It's not overwhelming where you got a thousand people and you can because, hide in the back corner. Right, and, yeah, it's you get a crowd like that, and you may just want to show up for the free meal, yeah. and you leave. You know, there's no connection there. There's no then there's no accountability or anything. Right, right. But when you're sitting across from somebody. And you're eating a meal, and you get a, a chance to really talk to them. You really get to know their heart. Right. Eventually, it, it may yeah. not come out the first meal. It may, yeah. But as you eat with these people, just like your family, you yeah, get you to become, know people, and so you become oh, more comfortable. Is that my timer? Yeah. Time, <laughs> time to quit. So, all right, guys. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, coming on, and, and talking, and uh, got your your stomach's all ready for a meal. Yeah. And I don't even know if they're oh, there's taco soup, right? Oh. So, anyway. 
let's go ahead, Joshua. Let's get out of this. And uh, thank you for watching. And if you want to email the show, talk at fellowshipofweavers.org. Check us out on Facebook at the Mike Charleston Show. Uh, you can make comments and, and leave comments and all that there. Uh, there is discussions there sometimes if, if and when I get on. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Joshua Charleston, the producer for The Mike Charleston Show. If you enjoy listening to the show, please help us spread the word by liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, or just tell a friend. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment down below. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email us at talkatfellowshipofbelievers.org. We look forward to hearing from you. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Mike Charleston Show. The Mike Charleston Show.